Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episodes, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. So the song you just heard is Long White Line by Sturgill Simpson. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Sam Herring. Sam is going to be a sophomore at Bishop McCourt Catholic High School in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Sam was a Fargo runner-up in 2021, and he would be there right now. Instead, Sam made the U-17 Greco-Roman World Team and will be competing in Istanbul, Turkey from July 31st through August 6th. Sam also hosted a podcast called Home Mad Advantage with his friend Jude Swisher and won the Win Magazine Journalist of the Year at just 13 years old. Although he may have become recognized from the Home Mad Advantage podcast, you are going to remember him as a wrestler. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Sam Herring. I said, yeah, you're, you're probably getting ready for Worlds, right? You're U-17s? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um trying to freestyle with the team so because i'm i'm going to worlds in greco um so right now i'm kind of helping the guys get ready for fargo and the greco will will uh kind of i'll hone into that a little more once they leave for fargo uh and you're not going to fargo no not this year just gonna try to focus on worlds yeah that'll be fun i yeah, mean it'll be fun <laughs> i'm sure you'll miss fargo though yeah yeah i mean i it's my favorite tournament i think so really um, yeah, it, I mean, it's a lot of fun. I've uh, had some success there in the past. So I, I like long tournaments. I love freestyle. And so um, it's a good opportunity to, to show skills. And it's like everybody's ready for it. You know, it's not like, yeah. you know, in trials, sometimes you get guys um, not their best because it's so early, but everybody's ready for Fargo. And I, I like getting guys best. Mm-hmm. Fargo is your favorite, huh? That's cool. Yeah. That's cool because there's so many, you know, when I was – I'm 31, so when I was growing up, Fargo was like the tournament. But now there's so many other big tournaments like Super 32, Ironman, and all those other ones. Right, that right. Cool that Fargo is still. Tulsa is another one, you know. Yeah, I used to I used to do that growing up. I'd go every year. Really, to all those tournaments or to? Um, to Tulsa. Um, yeah. I, I do Super 32 every year as well, and then Ironman too. Um, McCordy's Ironman. So yeah, I I try to hit everything. So <laughs> like to compete. Are, how do you do that? One of my questions, like, you know, um, you're, you're so young and you're doing all these tournaments, you know, like, uh, yeah. just how do you balance that with also being just, a just a kid, you know? Well, um, I mean, part of it's I'm doing it with my best friends, um, you uh, know, yeah. traveling the country with everybody, 
the guys that I go with are, are the guys that are my best friends. So, um, I wouldn't rather be with anybody else. And, um, that makes it fun. That's part of the childhood, you know? Yeah. And we do a lot of fun things. Um, we hang out all the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, the other thing is we love it. Like I really couldn't rather be doing anything else. I just took six days or maybe five days off, um, last week. And like, I was itching to come back yesterday was, was my first day back from the break. And, um, so yeah, things like that. Just, I really love wrestling. And so it's, it's the most fun thing I could be doing. Yeah. Mm. And so like, what do you, um, when do you know it's time to take a time off or does, does your coaches have to tell you like, Hey, take a break. So part of it's that, um, cause sometimes we're stubborn. We won't do it. Um, but yeah. the other part is I really try hard to listen to my body and I got back from Pan Ams and, um, was really tired. I got sick and I, I normally don't get sick. And I was like, might be time to take a little bit off. And my ear has been really bad. And so I got surgery on it last week and was like, all right, I'm just going to take some time off, enjoy the fourth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it blew back up again tonight. So <laughs> it literally split open. Like I had blood running down my neck tonight. It was, it was bad. Dang. How was your fourth? Did you do anything fun? It was, it was awesome. Um, my sister lives in Washington, DC mm-hmm. and, uh, we have some friends down there that she's with. And so I went down to see her and we got a boat out on the, on the river in DC and like parked it next to, um, the Washington monument and watched the fireworks in DC on the water. And it was just what? a really nice day. I mean, I don't think it gets more American. We saw a bald Eagle. I mean, <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty American. Yeah. Uh, like patriotic day in the Capitol. So it was a great, great time. <laughs> is that why you uh, only have a headphone on one ear and you don't have it yes. on your left ear? Yeah. It, first of all, I don't want to get my headphones bloody. Um, <laughs> and second of all, it hurts. Really? Yeah. Do you wear headgear in practice then? Now I do. I mean, I have been for the last month because it's it's been like really bad. Um, Damn. It's, it's been it's up there with like some of the worst you've ever seen. Right. And then really kind of filled up again tonight. Like, um, I'll, I'll send you something over like messenger over what it looked like before, but, um, it was bad. Damn. <laughs> I mean, it was really bad. And you had to go to the hospital for cauliflower year. So, I, so I went to, I went to, um, we have a friend that's an ENT and a plastic surgeon mm-hmm. and he like took it, like um, numbed it, took a scalpel from the back mm-hmm. and cut it open and got everything out and yeah. then stitched it back together. Um, and it worked great, but then until it didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. What's, um? do you do any other sports or do you do anything else besides wrestling? I, I can't. <laughs> um, Mm-hmm. I'm like obsessed. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I grown up, I played everything. I played every sport. Um, I really liked lacrosse. My older brother played lacrosse. And so, you know, I wanted to be like him mm-hmm. and, um, I really enjoyed that right now. I, I really like golf. Um, and oh, really? if I could get any more free time, I'd, I'd be golfing more, but, um, yeah, that's, I don't really do anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't really do anything else. You say you're obsessed. Like, I'm, I guess I'm taking that in. Like, you know, some people would, you have probably part of the parent side of people going, man, this is too much for a kid. You know, he's going to burn yeah. out. I mean, I, I would totally agree if, um, if it wasn't all my motivation, but like right. 
nobody tells me to go to practice and um you know sometimes i have to force myself to not do it but um i don't think like burnout's a, a question for me yeah yeah but you i mean for other people it'd be a problem you know yeah do you get up at 5 a.m like bo does yeah yeah we do that together you yeah. get up with him mm-hmm. i guess he gets yeah that's back i have to drive over there too so I, it's a little earlier for me how far away is that he, he only lives like two miles from me still but yeah okay yeah dang but um i mean like i said we love it there's really nothing else we want to be doing yeah how did you get so regimented like this i mean at such a young age i mean i guess i'm just maybe that's why i'm not obviously at the level that you were at but i'm thinking back when i was 16 and or 15 when i was doing like you know yeah so um our role models are um as good as it gets um the guys that we've been surrounded around especially Bo, um he grew up in the young guns room and so like there's videos of him as like a six-year-old in a room wrestling with spencer lee and our coach the strip matter brothers jody strip matter wrestled for iowa and he has he knows what it takes um he's coached nolf um you know spencer vincenzo joseph like a bunch of the really good guys that you know now Mm -hmm. those guys are young guns guys and so we get to see what it took and um you know, looking up to those guys kind of tells us what we need to do to get there. And um, Bo's dad, Coach Bassett, does a lot for us as far as that goes. Um, I mean, you should see the schedule he puts out for us every week to what practices we have and who's going to be there. Like today we had the Lehigh coach and the Princeton coach in the practice room today. And, you know, um, that's just – it's really cool things that we have, opportunities like that, and that's all because of him. So I, I couldn't take credit for it. Yeah. But you still, I mean, you still got to set the alarm. You still got to get up. You know, how do you motivate right. yourself when, when those days, you know, it's winter time or whatever, you know, yeah. it's outside and you got to get up. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, I, there's not just one way. Um, so one of them is you don't want to be the guy that um, shows up in school and the guys are like, Hey, where were you this morning? You know, you don't want to be that guy. And uh, you know, the other thing is you wake up and, you think about the goals you have or maybe not accomplishing goals in the past. And if that pops in your mind, you, there's no way you're staying in bed. And, uh, you know, I also have a little brother that does it with me. And if I sleep through, he's going to be knocking on my door, waking me up, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a lot of layers to, um, motivation. And then most days there's no motivation needed. You know, it's what I want to do. And, um, you know, I think it's a Jocko quote that says discipline, he says discipline, discipline equals freedom. That's his book that he wrote and uh, Jocko Willink. And he talks about how motivation is, is pointless. Um, it's, it's better to have discipline. And so the fact that I don't have another option, you know, I wake up no matter what, and I, I go to the practices no matter what. Um, that's more important than motivation because motivation comes and goes. Yeah. When did you, when did you decide to go all in on wrestling? Or to like I, I mean, really- it's, it's been like, like I said, um, what I love doing since I was really little, um, I used to be homeschooled. And so I would, I would finish my schoolwork as fast as I could so that I could start watching wrestling or, um, we had a little mat at home and I dragged my little brother out on the mat to wrestle with me since I was like probably eight years old. It's been the number one thing I want to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, your question is when I started being all in, that's really from the beginning, just because really? I love it. It's not like I am this super, you know, gung-ho motivated kid. Like I was 
a normal kid, but it's just my favorite thing to do. Like other kids wanted to go outside in the street and play bas- basketball with the neighbors. You know, they love that. So I'm allowed to love wrestling, you know, and just want to spend all my time doing that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, really, you are just a normal kid. You're just really talented wrestler and you're really good and you put in a lot of work, you know, but you're just right. a normal kid. I mean, I, I look at it like if you compare the amount of time that an average kid spends on his phone or on video games, um, that's what he loves doing. And what I love doing is wrestling. So we're just mm-hmm. we're just doing what we love. That's what people do. And I'm just grateful that um, what I love doing is so fulfilling because mm-hmm. I don't really see the other things as fulfilling as, as this sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually played a little uh, game of NHL earlier today, and that wasn't that fulfilling. So you're not missing right. much. <laughs> right. Unless you do it with your friends. Then it can be, then it can be fun. But yeah. What do you do? Otherwise, to- it's really not fulfilling. What's that? Sorry. What, what do you, what do you do to take a break? Like, you know, to just um, step away from the sport for a moment. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I love to be around my family. Um, we have a lot of things. We have property um, about like 45 minutes North of where I live. And so um, we'll go up there and do random things, you know, cut down trees or put up a hammock and lay down or go play in a Creek or something like that. Um, you know, and then, um, like to hang out with my friends. I am really big into spike ball. I love oh, spike really? ball. And, yeah. uh, you know, wrestling doesn't work out. I, I may have a future in that. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I mean, really anything, I'll do anything as long as it's like with, with my friends or with my family. Um, yeah. When I'm taking a break, it's, uh, and I can forget about wrestling too. Like, it's not like I'm always going to be too caught up in it. You know, I can kind of put it behind me or unless I like open my Instagram feed or Twitter feed or something, it's just only wrestling. Like you just yeah. scroll and it's just wrestling videos or something. So I like it that way. I learn a lot that way, but. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you learn? Like, what do you mean you learn a lot that way? Well, I mean, like if I were to open Instagram right now and scroll on the videos, it would just be like Russian wrestlers, every video and just like clips of them. And, um, you know, growing up, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, and it's not really the hotbed of wrestling. Uh-huh. And so one of the ways that I got better at wrestling was I would just watch film. Um, and like, I have this pretty cool system of like spreadsheets and lists of matches and, and things I've watched where like, there are days that I'm using Google translate to deep dive Russian YouTube and find wrestling videos. Um, because I've watched a lot and I learned so much that way, new moves, new stances, new ways to defend stuff. Um, and then mental stuff, like I'm watching tricks that they do, um, things like that. Like I'm trying to take notes of, of whatever I can and, and soak it all up. Damn. That's some, that's some high level stuff, but I guess that's what it takes. You know, if you're going to be a high level athlete or a wrestler, that's what it takes. <laughs> I've said this a lot, but it's really like, that's not even in my brain. Like I'm not thinking, man, I need to do this so that I can reach my goals. It's really just like, this is fun. Yeah. Like, I Like as much as I like watching a good TV show, I like watching, um, Satyev. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just, I really enjoy it. It's, it's fascinating to me. It's like an art. So especially those guys, um, what they do is just so slick and, um, mindful. It's, it's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that who you kind of model? Your, your wrestling yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, 
you know, I have this idea of a, of a style. Um, one of my coaches asked me a few months ago, he's like, in 10 years, um, if you could design like what the perfect wrestler Sam Herring looks like, like you win an Olympic gold medal in 10 years, what are you going to look like as a wrestler? What's your style? And so like I, I made this pretty detailed spreadsheet about like characteristics of myself and what I'm really good at. And um, if I'm like perfect. And so um, I'm trying to chase this idea of the perfect style for Sam Herring. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of slickness. That's a lot of um, being smarter, more technical than the other guy. Um, but then, you know, the thing that I've been trying to add for the last couple of months, because I, I think it's been a gap in my wrestling for a while is, um, the mental side of it, because I can't just be the slickest guy, you know, there's, there's more to it. And so I'm also trying to be the toughest guy on the mat too. And, you know, take guys into deep waters where, you know, things get hard. That's where I want to be. So if I can, I think get those two things right now, that's what I'm kind of chasing is to be the slickest and also the toughest guy. Um, that's like the ideal style for me right now. Mm-hmm. How did you identify that you needed maybe to be a little tougher mentally? There was this practice, um, maybe it was in February. Um, and I got, I got beat up pretty bad and I got emotional about it. And, um, one of my coaches, he came up to me and, um, he's also a teacher. He's my Spanish teacher in school. And so, um, I had him in school the next day and he called me aside and was like, Hey, um, you know, if you show that things get to you like that, what do you think is going to happen at the world championships? You start to show that if you're getting poked at, a guy hits you in the face or something and you start to get emotional, what do you think they're going to do to you? And, uh, and he started to point out to me like, Hey, it's, it's not one piece to the puzzle. You know, you can't just be the best technician and, um, and be an Olympic champion because it takes a lot more than that. You have to be really fast. You have to be really strong. You have to be really mentally tough. You have to be really aggressive. You have to be really slick. And so there's a lot of pieces that fall into that puzzle. And, um, you know, I think at the time I was just looking at one or two of them. And, uh, lately I've been trying to fill in everything else. How, how are you filling in that mental piece? Changing my personality a little bit. Um, you, I, I think you fall into a little bit of a trap when you start to look at wrestling too much as an art and too much as a, you know, a game of, of uh, technique, because then you take out any, um, anything personal. You, you don't really have any, I'll say violence or aggressiveness um, when that's really not how maybe you should look at it. But like um, something that's been pointed out to me a few times is, you know, I wrestle for fun. And when I go to the world championships, I'm wrestling people that wrestle for food and for housing. And so you put that on the line and they're going to want it more than I do. And, um, I don't want that to be the case ever. And, you know, that was a hard decision to make, but I don't want anybody to step on the line with me and, um, they can say they want it more than me or have more motivation and they're, they're willing to do more to beat me. Um, so, and it took a little bit of, um, you know, making goes really hard, hard hand fighting, starting to be more gritty when I wrestle. And, um, and then I think the last piece to that is accountability. So I make that clear to my coaches and maybe a few of my partners that that's my goal. And so now if they see me getting weak or, or making a bad decision in the room, they're on me about it being like, Hey, toughen up, man. This is, this is uh, what you signed up for. And so, um, do you have all that? I'm seeing a lot of improvement in uh, in my mental game and, and how tough I am.
Yeah, you know, I, I think what I've learned even just in the short time we've been talking is it seems to like you have a healthy relationship with wrestling. You know, it's not I think the, so. It's not this unhealthy so. obsession where, you know, we're I guess the first person, I don't know if you hear or have heard about baby Gronk. Oh, yeah, I've seen that little the football player kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and so that's I think it's genius. You can get me on this on this line. But that kid's going to make more money by the time he gets to high school than an NFL player makes right now. I think it's right. genius. He could quit football, and it could be all be a scam. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it's that case, then, uh, man, I think it's genius. But hopefully it's not actually the abuse that it seems like. Right, right. And so I just, I guess I just think of that, and I'm like, man, that just is overboard. But you seem to have this good balance. Did you ever feel like – have you ever yet – fallen out of love with the sport or been like, man, I don't want to do this right now. I've had tough times, um, but I've never said that or even come close to it. Um, last year, last, so last August I got my appendix out and I couldn't wrestle for like three or four weeks. And I tried to jump into it right away. And I don't know if you know what elite eight duels is, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's this really big tournament that they bring in eight teams. And so it's only eight. So all eight guys are ranked. Like every guy in my weight was ranked and I went 0 and 7. Like I didn't win a match. And that's never happened to me before at any competition. And um, wow. it was it was embarrassing and I was just ashamed. Like it got to the point where like after my third match, I didn't even want to step on the mat again. And I, I was, it was just a really hard tournament for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was being really mentally weak. Like I said, I didn't even want to step on the mat. And um, so I'm like not warming up. I just started falling into this, like downward spiral that, that weekend. And it was just, it, I mean, just even talking about it just brings back a terrible memory of where my mind was in a really bad place. And honestly, that affected me for the rest of the folk style season. I mean, my wrestling, this entire folk style season was pretty poor um, looking back. And it was just trying to play catch up. Like I was trying to dig myself out of this mental hole that I was in and also trying to catch up from being out for that time. And, um, you know, I had a, I had a bad super 32, I had a bad power eight. I didn't place at either of those events. And, um, you know, like not to be prideful, but I'm, I'm much better than that. You know, mm-hmm. at, at that same weight, I'm ranked seventh in the country now. Um, and you know, you would, a guy like that should be placing at those events at least. Um, and it was just a, it was just a, a bad season for me. And it took, it took, I think, first of all, bringing freestyle into the picture because I'm better at that and I enjoy it more. And so that kind of started to get me out of the, the whole, had something to look forward to. Um, and my wrestling is, is on a much different level than it was then. But at that time I was kind of in a hole where I was just like, man, why am I still doing this? Like, this doesn't make sense. Um, why I can't get better. Just felt like I wasn't improving, mm-hmm. but I was never at the point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I never felt that. I just would question a lot. Yeah, I mean, shoot, all in seven with with your type type of expectations and goals. Yeah, that would be that'd be tough. It'd be tough for anybody, you know, to handle that. Yeah, yeah, it was hard. And like another part of it was I was really out of shape, and so they weren't just like close losses, you know. And even if they were close, it was me fading at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just it was really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be something that I think will positively affect me moving forward. But for those few months, it was a really negative, negative thing. And um, 
but I'm glad it happened because it taught me a lot. And, uh, like I said, it's going to positively affect me now in the short term. It was not good, but I think long-term I'm glad I did it. Mm -hmm. You say you have a lot of fun freestyling. Why, why do you enjoy freestyle so much more? I think part of it is what I enjoy watching. Like I said about the Russians, um, I think folk style is really boring. Um, (laughs) but you know, part of that is kind of a challenge to me and I kind of like it because I hope that like my style is something that's really fun for people to watch long-term. I hope to be the guy that is everybody's favorite wrestler. And like when I'm wrestling, you can't put the phone down. Like you want to watch me no matter what, that's my goal. Um, and so if it's harder to do that in folk style, good. That's a fun challenge. That means I need to work harder to be entertaining. Um, but I'm, I think I'm really good at parterre. Um, and so I really enjoy that being dominant in the position. Um, where I feel like nobody can really stop it. That's fun. Um, and then there's just so many tricks that I feel like I know from watching so much wrestling and from having good freestyle coaches that other kids don't know. Um, mm-hmm. It just makes it really fun. And I really like, I really, really like it. But, um, you know, I'm getting a college education from folk style. So that's going to be a priority of mine. And, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it a big emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. Being good at parterre. I mean, the Americans, they're really good on their feet. That's where they thrive. Um, but parterre is right. not a big part of their game. So I think to be good at parterre, if you're already pretty good, is can be a big advantage, especially going yeah, forward. Yeah, I mean, I want to I want to keep developing it, and I think that's a really long term. I'm not going to be a, a a big Greco wrestler. Um, long term, my goal is to win a freestyle Olympic title. Um, but in this time where I'm getting, you know, I'm getting Olympic training center training with Greco and all the coaches are focused on sending me to the world championships. And so I'm trying to buy into it as much as I can and pick up what I can, um, especially this summer. And my two focuses that I want to get are hand fighting and parterre because the best Greco wrestlers in the world are better at hand fighting. They're better at parterre than the best freestyle wrestlers in the world. Um, And so if I can bring that level of hand fighting and parterre to freestyle, it'll be something that those guys haven't felt. And, um, it'll be skills that I'll have that they can't defend. So I'm trying to get there and maybe some upper body stuff I'm working to, but, um, like throws and such, but it's not really my strong suit as of now. We'll see. Which is crazy. You say that cause you're, you know, you're going to U 17 worlds in Greco, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you watch like a, a world final match in Greco right now, um, you're not going to see a whole bunch of throws. Like what you're going to see is guys pushing in, getting the forced part tear and they do a really good straight lift and get one or two throws and then hold position for the rest of the match. And so that's, that was the style I modeled, at least at, at world team trials. Um, like if you go back and watch, I got one takedown, like one real takedown throughout the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. And, um, the rest was either a front headlock or force parterre, which are my freestyle skills. And so I, I tried to bring in my hand fighting, like, um, until Pan Am's, I had never been put down like, um, called passivity against me in my entire life in Greco. And, um, and so that was my style. My strategy was I push in really hard, hold center, make sure that I get put on top first and then try to tech him in my first shot on top. Um, and if I don't tech him, then I get up in a lead and hold position. And that's, that's what I did at trials and it worked pretty well, but there's a lot more that has to be developed because the Sam Aaron and Greco and April, May is not going to be meddling at worlds. So, um, 
there's things that I've been working on improving and still have three or four weeks um, to fix and sharpen up on before um, trying to go for gold. Yeah, it's exciting. Do you ever get nervous? Not really. Really? I used to. When I was little, man, I used to get so nervous. Um, I'd get really worked up before matches, but I don't know when it was. Um, man, it was probably like two years ago. I know what it was. I got hurt um, three years ago when I moved to Pennsylvania and um, I was out for six months. I hurt my back really bad. And it was immediately the time that I was moving here. So I moved here for wrestling and then couldn't wrestle for six months. And so it was a really like challenging time for me mentally, but I learned a lot. And after I got back, I was just so grateful to be able to wrestle again that I never had nerves again. And I like, like I'm talking to my coaches and having fun before matches. Like I'm really, I'm not nervous at all. Um, really ever. I can't remember the last time I felt nervous for something. Really nice. Yeah. That's, I mean, that can sometimes overtake, you know, competition anxiety or getting, you know, so worked up. You almost wrestle the match 10 times before you even step on the mat. Right. You know, well, so that's part of it too. I actually really do. Like the matches that I wrestle, I've wrestled hundreds and hundreds of times. I visualize a lot. Maybe that's what helps with nerves. Um, like before I went to Vegas for the first time, I watched all the flow films I could mm-hmm. on in interviews and stuff about that arena in Vegas. Like I remember watching Yanni. Yanni had this flow film done on him for when he won the U.S. Open. And um, they would walk around the arena with him. And I would, I would watch it and like think about what was there where the bathrooms were, where he would warm up, um, where he'd go to cool down after his matches. And I watched it so that I could get a picture of it. And when I went there to wrestle, it was not my first time, really. And they say that mental reps are just as good as physical reps. And so I had wrestled those matches hundreds and hundreds of times in my head. Like every day I'm driving home from practice and I'm visualizing um, my goals. And so I have a pretty good idea what the arena looks like in Turkey and I've been visualizing that um, a lot for the last couple months. And so that's something that I think is really key to maybe my nerves, but also um, feeling comfortable when I go wrestle places is I, I, uh, I visualize a lot. That's smart. That's, that's really smart to you know visualize what, where you're going, what it's going to be like, you know, that way when you get there, it's not all, it's not like you're seeing it for the first time. That's, that's right. pretty, that's pretty smart. Um, how, how difficult was it when you didn't make the world team in freestyle, you know, you make it in the Greco and so I'm sure you're high and then. It was hard. Um, you know, I was prepared for a really tough tournament. Um, I know what that tournament is like. And, um, so I'm not going in there thinking, you know, I was not the favorite. I was like the eight seed going into that. Um, but at the same time, I know how I train and, uh, you know, I really think that, I very well could have been the best wrestler in that bracket that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a lot of respect for Ben Davino. He's the guy that won that that weekend. Um, but, you know, I really think that my skills match up with his really well. And I would love a shot to wrestle with him. But um, unfortunately, I was not that guy that weekend. And, um, you know, that happens. It's part of it. And it's great motivation for me now. Um, you know, I'm not, I haven't stopped training freestyle at all. Um, it's my favorite thing to do. So, it's going to be hard to stop me from that. And, you know, I, I had three freestyle practices today, so I'm not stopping at all. And, um, you know, I have a lot, I have a lot of goals and, um, 
that was definitely a setback, but, um, you know, it's not going to hold me back from performing in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And making, making two teams is, is uh, really difficult to do. You don't really see it. And I don't know if it's really ever been done at a middleweight. You, you see it a lot at the lowest and the heaviest weight, but, um, 60 kilos. I'd be interested to see if anybody ever made both. Ah, uh, 60 kilos. I remember, you know, back in the day you were, you were running around about what, 55, 55 pounds. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did the growth spurt come? I've been growing pretty consistently. So like, um, two years ago I wrestled 106 at Fargo <laughs> and then last year I wrestled 120 and now I'm at 132. So it's like 12, um, 12 to 15 a year right now. Um, and it doesn't seem to be stopping. So, um, I'm cutting less weight now, which helps like, um, my first year when I wrestled one of six, I probably weighed 16 to 18, um, going into Fargo. And then last year it was a little less, like it was like 28 to 30. And then now, um, you know, like yesterday I weighed 136, that's 132. Um, today I was 38. So, um, you know, it's, a uh, it's nicer to not cut so much weight. And then in April, like I was three pounds over or three pounds under the day of weigh-ins in, uh, at trials. It's, and I feel like I compete better that way, but I'm trying to grow as much as I can. My goal is to be 45 for the high school season next year. 45. Yeah. You're getting there. Yeah. I'm getting there. What, what was it like moving from Tennessee to Pennsylvania? You know, like from the, from an outsider from to somebody who's just moving you know, like that, yeah. that's a long ways. That could be a big deal, but was that big for you? Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of things that I miss. Um, but in a lot of ways, this is, this is perfect. Um, I love where I am. And the only thing that I would like, seriously, that would get to me is my family. Like if I went to a boarding school and was away from my parents or my brother, that would be really hard for me. And I don't think I could do it. Um, I'd actually know I couldn't, I know I couldn't do that. Um, but they all came with me. Um, it was a, it was a family thing. I have five older siblings. And so it was always kind of in the idea. My, my next oldest brother's five years older than me. And we always kind of had an idea that when he went to college, we would kind of be free, um, to be where we wanted, um, for wrestling or, or whatever that may be. And, um, I had been coming up here. I just saw pictures on my phone from like 2016 with me and Bo. And Eli is my little brother and Bo's little brother, Keegan, is like a picture of the four of us um, seven years ago. And so I've been coming up here for a long time, training with them. Bo and I have wrestled a lot since we were little. And um, and so it's been a connection we've had. And um, I just really loved it. Anytime we'd come up here, I felt like it was home. And I had a bunch of kids that loved wrestling like I did. And we got along great. And we still do, you know. Um, it's a really great group of guys. And uh, – yeah, it's it's amazing. It really feels like home. How'd you meet, you know, Bo and the rest of the rest of the group? That came from wrestling. I would compete against Bo um, all the time growing up. Um, and so, you know, just get to talking. And um, I used to watch a bunch of uh, film, like I said. So I knew the best clubs in the country. Like I used to go to Seabolt camps when I was younger and I'd go to Young Guns camps. And then when I'd come up here for those – um, I do more training on the side with Bo. Um, so we, we do like a session, uh, like a clinic with Jason Nolf, and then I'd go do a strength session with Bo and his dad at his gym. And, uh, we'd come back and do a, another session at young guns and doing that. Like 
I really loved it. And I could tell that they did too. And that was probably the most special thing to me was that I wasn't alone in how much I loved wrestling and loved what I was doing. Cause I hadn't really seen that many other places like kids that loved wrestling like I did, but Bo does. And, um, that was just really cool for me. A little 10 year old Sam, like finally has somebody that understands, um, how obsessed he is. So, I mean, we would, I remember we would talk about wrestling and our favorite wrestlers and whatever that may be all the time. Um, but yeah, it's good times. Yeah. That up. That, that's, uh, I had good memories of that. Yeah. Yeah. So when was the first time you met him? Man. Um, so Bo and I wrestled for the first time. I was probably in like third grade, fourth grade, maybe. Um, we wrestled at the national duels. He was on team Pennsylvania. That was on Tennessee and we wrestled and, uh, we just talked afterwards and that was just like two little eight year olds talking. Um, (laughs) and then eventually I think it was 2016 was the first time I came up to a young guns camp. Um, and that was like when I really met everybody up here was probably the first time. So seven, seven years ago, I think is when. Yeah. And when did, so did you, you you have five older siblings, you know, like, and one of them played lacrosse. Did any of them other wrestle or were they involved? So the one that played lacrosse wrestled too. Um, he ended up, he ended up stopping to focus on lacrosse when he was a junior in high school, but he was, he was amazing. I mean, I argue, I tell people now still that between Eli and me and him, he was the most talented wrestler. Um, I think it was clear, like hands down. He was a freshman and a state runner up and wow. hated it. He was just so talented. He was so good. Um, yeah, he didn't like it. Um, he really liked the cross and just, you know, it's kind of that thing where in comparison to what you love doing, everything else just doesn't seem that fun. So like you could put me to go play football right now and it's a fun thing to do. Like I would enjoy it otherwise, but if it ever pops in my brain, I could be wrestling right now. It just ruins the whole thing. And so I think he had the same effect. Um, but man, he was incredible. He was really, really good. But that's the only other sibling that wrestled. We're a soccer family before. before really? Yeah. yeah. I have two sisters that played college soccer, and my oldest brother was really good in high school, too. Yeah. Did the, so did, um, did he go play soccer, too, somewhere? No, he ended up um, – so he went to Ole Miss, and um, I don't think they had a men's soccer team. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I think he played for, like, the club team yeah. um, when he was there, but I, I don't think it was, like, organized um, college D1. Yeah. What about your brother with lacrosse? Did he, did he go on to play somewhere? He did not. He also went to Ole Miss, and uh, he is an engineer now. So oh. that's what he's doing. Yeah. So I guess I'm curious what drove you, uh, you know, to wrestling. You know, like, was your dad really big into wrestling or, like, what? Yeah, so he was. He was. He, um, he wrestled four years of high school, and he wrestled for Air Force um, four years there. So um, he had a lot of experience with it. He actually got to wrestle with Mark Schultz um, at the Olympic Training Center, like um, when he was when he was out there. So um, he was very familiar with it. But then I was his sixth child. He was 40 years old when I was mm-hmm. born. So he had been out of wrestling for for almost 20 years, or maybe 20 years by the time I started. And um, and so once I started getting into it, he obviously started getting back into it, and he knew a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it had been a while. And so we got put into a club in Memphis and I loved it from the day I started. I was, I was, I think I was six, but we all went the same day. So my older brother was 11 and my little brother was four. And so we all started the same day. Really? You all start. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. And, uh, just was <laughs> love at first sight basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to go back. I, was, I was pretty bad. But I still love that. Mm-hmm. I, I like. I've always picked up things pretty fast, um, like the technique side of it. Um, but I was, I mean, I was like really kind of too nice, maybe when I was little, and I wasn't great. But um, I remember there was a tournament where I got like headlocked and put on my back the whole match, every match of the tournament. And I didn't get pinned, which is even worse. It's like I'm spending the whole match on my back, just getting choked out in the headlock. And I'd get up smiling. You know, I love, I just liked competing and I liked wrestling and, you know, it all worked out. Wow. And the rest, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Um, more to be made. So <laughs> um, I want to ask you about the home mat advantage, um, you yeah. know, podcast and how that blew up and, you know, who thought of that and where did that sort of start at? Yeah. So, um, it came from like Twitter really. So I've watched, like I said, I watch wrestling all the time. Mm-hmm. I know wrestling really well, um, on a student level more now, but when I was younger, I was a big fan. And, um, and so I could tell you pretty much anything about anybody on any college roster. I knew it all. Like it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, my mom probably wishes I knew that much about math at the time, but, um, yeah, I was like a wrestling wizard. Um, and now I don't really know it as much. I don't follow it as closely. It's like I said, a little more student esque. but, um, at the time it was, it was a lot of fandom and, um, I would listen to like the flow wrestling radio live. Yeah. And, um, that was like my favorite thing to do. I would, black out my days so that I could just watch that and nothing else. And, um, and so through that, I ended up meeting Christian piles and, and Willie and like the guys that were on flow at the time at the Southern scuffle in 2019, I think. So I lived in Tennessee. So I ended up going to it and, um, he asked me out of the blue, like the second day of the tournament, he asked me, he was like, Hey, um, would you want to like call some matches on the Conti side? And, you know, I was, I think I was like, was 12, 12 years old. And I was starstruck. I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, of course I would. So I'm like living my dream. They put a little headset on me and I'm watching matches and I have like 12 viewers of just the parents Mm -hmm. on the Conti side of Southern Scuffle. Um, But it started to like catch some steam and people started posting about it. And so more people were watching and they had more viewers on the Conti side. Like they're listening to this kid with a really high pitched voice calling (laughs) matches. And uh, like, you can still go back and listen. It's, it's kind of funny. I ended up calling a few more. Like I did big tens and, and who's number one um, eventually. Um, but um, so that happened and I kind of got a, like a little bit of a name in the wrestling world, you could say. Um, but I'm still 12 years old using my mom's phone number for Twitter. And um, so I ended up meeting this guy named Jude Swisher on Twitter. And um he ended up like DMing me and like asking cause he knew I was homeschooled and he was homeschooled. And so we like just started talking 
he's a couple years older than me. He's right now a freshman at UPenn. And, um, and so we just started talking and we just talk about wrestling and that'd be all it was. And then eventually I think he had the idea. He was like, Hey, what if we started a podcast? And, um, I had no clue what that would entail. Um, but I ended up hearing like an ad from one of the guys I would listen to podcasts about like a free way to do podcasts. And so I went and tried it and we were like, Hey, let's do it. So we recorded our first one. It was terrible. And I, that one's ended up, it's wiped. No one's ever going to find that. It was really bad. Um, but yeah, so that was the first one. And we just, I mean, we were best friends for a few years and um, it was, it was fun. You know, we had a lot of opportunities from it. In 2020, we, uh, we had floor credentials to NCAAs and Olympic trials and before all that got canceled. Um, but like we were pumping out a podcast a day um, having like 2000 viewers on everything and making money selling merch. Like it was a big deal for a little bit. Um, and we won journalist of the year in 2020. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. And it's kind of come to a little bit of an end for now. I mean, you never know. It could start back up. I could throw out an interview one day, but, um, right now Jude is, he's pretty busy, you know, he's going into Wharton school business and being a D one wrestler. That's a lot on his plate. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm also pretty busy. And the other thing is like guys that we used to interview, um, we're looking at trying to beat, you know, like, um, I want to make an Olympic team here soon. And, um, you know, Aiden Valencia just wrestled a senior level and he's a guy that's like ranked two spots ahead of me. So I see him as a guy I can beat and he's beaten Joe Colum. So, um, those guys aren't, guys that I want to like look up to and interview and like right. put them on a pedestal anymore. Um, in the most respectful way possible, I still look up to them, you know, and, uh, think I have a lot to learn from them. So it's not in like a prideful way, but it's kind of in a, like a chip on your shoulder kind of deal. Like, um, they're not to be worshiped anymore, you know, and maybe that's a bad word, but, um, there, I want to look at it more in my level, um, uh, at this point. Yeah. You know, that. That's a good way. Yeah. When you're 13 and you're interviewing some of these, some of these guys, yeah, you're not, you're not yeah. wrestling. You're, <laughs> you do look up to them. I mean, shoot. Right. Exactly. Those guys, like, but yeah. How cool was it to win, win, win magazine journalist of the year? It was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Like getting that magazine in the mail and like, there's a picture of that, the like the front page of the magazine in the in the mm -hmm. compound now and like i just see like my little face tony Tundo took a picture of me interviewing somebody and uh you know it's just it's funny um looking back now i just think it's really cool um mm -hmm. but it's also like sometimes it's come up like people are like hey aren't you the podcast kid and like <laughs> it was said at fargo like it one time somebody like i was having a bunch of people come up to me at fargo the year that i made the finals mm -hmm. um and that was like, I was still doing it at that point. And so people would like come up to me and be like, Hey, how come you don't have media credentials? And I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm not doing that. Like I'm here to wrestle. <laughs> and it would kind of make me mad a little bit. Like people would just chalk me up to the media kid. And, um, I was like, no man, I'm also a wrestler, you know? And, um, you know, I, I got second that year and people like were talking about, Whoa, I didn't know he was wrestling too. And, um, like Ryan Warner did wrestling changed my life. And he like texted me afterward. I still remember it. It was like, 
dude, I thought you could just do a podcast. I don't know you wrestled too. And I was like, maybe it's time to stop this. Um, mm. And I think it was kind of soon after that, that I started fizzling, fizzling out. But, um, you know, I'd still do interviews here and there. Like um, I got connected with the founder of Pinterest, who was a wrestler back in the day. And I was like, man, this is one you can't really turn down. Like I got to talk to this guy. So that was one that I did after I'd kind of decided I didn't want to do it anymore. And, and there's been a few of those. Um, but it was a lot. It was a lot on my plate. I'm also not homeschooled anymore. So I don't have all the time that I used to have. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you do one, you know how much it takes. And, and we had like, I think we had five or six people like quote unquote on staff for us. And it was all volunteer, um, volunteer stuff. But um, like we had, we had a, a couple wings. We partnered with Wrestle Like a Girl and would do a podcast for them with some of their people. And um, like Seth Gross and Jack Mueller um, were part of it. Like they were volunteers for us, I guess you could call it. And they had a whole sector. Um, and so like, it was a big deal. Um, I would spend a lot of hours on it, but then we got to be too much. So it may come back. I'm not saying it's closed door. It's a, it's a cracked door right now. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure a lot of us are listening are like, please come back. <laughs> yeah. But, but we also, well, understand, you know, interviews would be much different. I'll tell you that. Um, mm -hmm. they would be much different, but I think it could be cool. Like, like, um, I, like I know these guys a lot more personally now too. Um, it, it was kind of funny because I was at the Olympic training center in January, um, doing, um, the senior national team camp. And so I'm with the world team, the senior level world team guys, and they all knew me because I'd interviewed them in the past. Um, and so I'm getting to wrestle with these guys and they would talk about it. And I was like, man, the connections I have from this are really cool. Mm -hmm. But at the time I was a interviewer who had never met him. I was just trying to be a good journalist. And now like some of those guys I look at as friends, you know, I can, I can text them and talk to them. Um, the same guys I used to interview. And so, um, it would definitely be a different dynamic if I, if I brought it back, but I think it would be kind of cool. Yeah. Especially from that dynamic where now, you know, these wrestlers on more of a personal level, you've trained with them. Right. So, you know? Right. Exactly. How did you get exactly. hooked up? But it was just connections. I mean, it's like a, um, connecting dots basically. So once you know one guy, you know, all his connections and once you know him, so I would have to text people to get somebody else's number and so on and so forth. And, um, once people like trusted that I was not just some kid messing around, um, yeah. then I could actually have respect and, um, and interview people in it. I mean, I had Jordan Burroughs on the show twice. Um, I had Kyle Snyder on there. So it pretty much was as big as it gets. Um, and you know, from that, I've, I've been able to text Jordan a few times. And one time we, uh, you know, I, I got to wrestle with him in January and he knew who I was and we could talk about that stuff. And, now it's kind of cool because he trains with Jude. Jude's at UPenn. Mm -hmm. And um, like he'll text me once in a while and say, hey, I just had coffee with Jordan. And I'm like, that's really cool. And I think like some of those things came from the podcast. And so um, the connections we made are, are uh, pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, so how hard was it to balance everything once you went back to school? Not back to school because you were homeschooled, but I'm saying back into right. public school. Yeah, I was by that time I was kind of, um, moving out of it. Um, you know, but it, it wasn't too hard because I had stopped 
like this may sound wrong, but I'd stop preparing for interviews as much um, because I knew the guys um, really well. Um, know everything about them. I know kind of the idea of what I want to talk about with them. And then I just try to make it like a conversation. And so I would have an idea for who I would want to talk to and I'd um, find a way to text them and uh, schedule an interview and schedule it in both of our free times. And I can still do stuff at school preparing for it, but um, it wasn't too more. It, it wasn't much more difficult that way, but yeah. I definitely wasn't like making extra content. Like I used to do the whole Gary V model of micro content i'm not sure if you're familiar but i would i would do everything and i was really trying to grow social media presence and um trying to sell things and um like i i ran like a business and i was 12 years old it was a lot crazy a lot and you were still wrestling you know wrestling and trying to right <laughs> yeah that's just yeah man you were you're just you were so I did most of it during covid so when most kids, like, I wasn't like I had many other options. Um, and I had this studio in my house in Memphis and I would just go up there and just get on my computer and start working on stuff. And it was fun. I mean, we'd do live streams for like five hours a day in COVID. Um, and just like one time, man, what was it 2019 that AJ Ferrari won? I can't remember what year that was. I think it was. Um, but after the NCAs, like the week after, we did a live stream show and this is like one of the coolest ones I've ever done where one by one, we brought on all 10 NCAA champions from that year. And it was like the week after NCAs and I was blown away that I made it happen um, because it's so hard to get guests sometimes and to schedule them all together where they're kind of waiting to jump on the live stream. And so I'm doing a 15 or 20 minute podcast with the 25 NCAA champ and then the 33 comes on and, we interview them one by one and get through all 10. And that was like, that was probably the coolest podcast I've ever done. Um, you did that the same day? They all hopped on the same day. Yeah. Same time. Like it was a live stream where you didn't have any That's time. Crazy. And so it was also cool. Cause you know how Penn state is. So like they're friends, all the guys are friends. So I'd bring on, um, Nick Lee and Carter Storacci on like back to back and they would talk and I would just sit back and just let those guys talk. And, um, so I, it was really cool when they connected like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was 2020, maybe 2021. I don't know, but, um, cause it was Nick Lee. I think Roman won that year. Um, yeah. And then Carter Storacci, AJ Ferrari, um, Gable. yeah, Brooks, Brooks was on it. So it was everybody. And I was like, okay, maybe we're just going to get like four. And then we got five really easily. And I was like, okay, maybe we'll just get like seven. And then I ended up getting all 10. I was like, I hope I don't mess this up. <laughs> it was a pretty cool, <laughs> and it was live stream too. So we had like a hundred, 150 people watching and mm -hmm. um, they would throw in questions. It was just like, that was like the most professional, probably coolest interview I've done. Nice. Yeah. How do you not, did you get more nervous for that than you do wrestling? Like I would oh, be yeah. freaking out. I was just freaking out. Like maybe technology would crash or somebody would fall right. through and I didn't know what to do. Um, yeah, it was, it was tricky. Yeah. Um, the one thing I, the other thing I want to ask you about too. Um, so I, I'll have a lot of wrestling stuff on my Twitter too. And one thing I kept seeing was uh, Pat Minio was talking quite a bit about um, the PIAA 
and the sanctions that were handed down yeah. on the court. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's something you can really talk about, but um, you know, I'm just curious, like for those who have followed what 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 are I guess I want to ask, what's the background? Basically, it seems like uh, 80 or so athletes, not athletes, students transferred yeah. into McCourt and yeah. the people. So I think, thought I think the number was I think the number was um, 25 wrestlers yep. total over the course of I think it was a year and a half, maybe two years um, transferred into this this private school. Uh, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a whole lot of kids that had moved in and hadn't lived there for like I had lived there for uh, a year before I enrolled, I was homeschooled for a while. And um, their problem was that, and, and coach Bassett was the guy that they suspended, but he wasn't even our coach at the time. He didn't come along until like a year after I was a student there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the PIAA's problem was that we had 20 kids, all wrestlers, um, very well known, most of them um, transferred at the exact same time. And um, they just claimed that it was, it was all planned and um there was a, there was a lot of court cases and hearings and stuff and um they came to the ruling that it was uh, athletic intent mm-hmm. and that they had planned out a whole process of, of recruiting kids and that we wouldn't have gone there um which you know there's there's a lot of falseness to the accusations in my opinion um and there's some truth to it you know the wrestling team and, and the wrestlers here are a huge part of why, first of all, I live in Pennsylvania. Um, I think there's a lot more that goes into it. And if they would dive into it a little more of why we're at McCourt um, and why me and my little brother as a family go to McCourt is, um, is definitely not tied to wrestling. Uh, we would have stayed homeschooled for sure. If we didn't feel like the academics and the teachers could, um, could work with us on what we needed because we're taking different classes um, and some subjects and the other kids and we wouldn't have that at the local public school. Um, so we would have stayed homeschooled. Um, but, you know, it all happens for a reason. I, I mean, I think we've had a lot of success because we haven't had to have the distraction of a PIAA season. And, um, you know, like I said, I love freestyle. We started trying to freestyle January 1st um, and nobody else gets to do that. You know, maybe Valiant Prep does that. Um, but I think that's an incredible opportunity and an advantage for us. Um, and so I'm grateful that it happened. Um, and I always will be, I'll be happy and I'll thank the PIAA that they did that. So, um, but we are back this year and I am really excited, um, to wrestle as a team because, you know, in all respect, teams like Blair and STEM, um, their kids aren't like family, you know, they all move in there, they're teammates, but they're not like family. And, um, when we as Bishop McCourt compete as a team, uh, these guys, those guys are like my brothers. And uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be special getting to compete in the dual meet with those guys. Um, and when we wrestle the Sems and the faith Christians and the Blairs, we have a special advantage um, that I'm really excited because we're not all recruits. You know, it's not just like coach Bassett just paid all these guys to come in. You know, that's not the truth. And um you know, I wanted to be here. You heard the story. It's I heard um, about guys that were like-minded and um, they became like my best friends and I wanted to be around them. And so um, there's no recruiting there. And so these guys really are like my best friends and like my brothers. And so competing by them is something that I'm really excited for. Yeah. Way to spin that 
what could have been a negative into a positive, you know, I, I guess I just, right. the reason I wanted to just kind of touch on it is because I, I was following it and I was a little, I guess, taken aback by the whole ordeal. It just does seems like how many others, I mean, I'm from Iowa and I know people do that. Right. You know, right. 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 Kind of program, yeah. you know, yeah. Pennsylvania is more strict and specifically our district. Um, you know, there are other schools that, that have guys move in and, uh, you know, don't want to name names, but there are a lot of schools yeah. that mm-hmm. have guys move in. And there is a kid and he's one of my best friends. So it's not like I have a problem. I actually think it's great. Um, but he moved in um, mid-year to a school, transferred in mid-year and wrestled in the state tournament this year and won. And so, um, you know, I transferred in my seventh grade year um, and I'm now a freshman and still not wrestling, you know, that's, that's just kind of weird to me. Um, but like I said, I'm grateful for it. I, I didn't grow up going to Hershey and like making a big deal of, of winning a PA state title. Mm-hmm. And so the difference between three and four for me, I couldn't care less. I really couldn't. I don't think it's going to affect my recruiting. I don't think it's going to affect my wrestling long-term, definitely not in a negative way. Um, and you know, I think, I think it's beneficial. Um, and, a, and a group of people that have to go through adversity together are a closer group of people. And so it's, it's brought us all closer together. Um, that we didn't really have anybody leave either. You know, like there's one, one guy that left out of 25. And so, um, we stay together. Um, we all fought through it and, you know, put up a lot, you know, we got a lawyer and we, we fought it hard. Um, and it didn't turn out in our favor, but we still fought it together. And, uh, you know, I think that's a special thing. Yeah. How did you guys come together? You know, once that ruling was handed down, cause it had to be somewhat devastating to a certain extent, you know, or heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, I felt terrible for, for some of the guys on our team, like Mason Gibson, uh, right. he, he wrestled his freshman year and that's gonna be it. You know, he may get next year back. Um, Eric Gibson had to miss um every state tournament after his freshman year you know that's that's crazy mm-hmm. and that's not fair to him um you know we had guys on our team that deserved the chance um to get their state titles and it, me- it meant something to them and a lot more than it meant to me um and so i don't i don't mean to make this about me at all because it was much harder on those guys mm-hmm. um so i mean eric ended up leaving for cornell his senior year he didn't he didn't finish out staying here and um you know i just i felt t- not hearing you great. Oh, I'm here. I, oh, there hear we go. Okay. That was, that was yeah, talking. perfect. <laughs> okay. There we go. All right. Cool. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I was just, again, uh, since it seems, you know, I, I don't know how many wrestlers I've talked to on my podcast that have transferred to another school, you know, and uh, everything's been peachy, you know. Right. So, right. you know, it just, uh, you said you were going to be in eighth grade when that happened. I mean, that's just, yeah, I was in seventh, I was in seventh grade when it all happened and it's still, you know, we're still fighting the effects of it. So, um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's totally okay. And I wouldn't right. mind if they kept this out my whole high school career, you know, it's really going to be all right. Um, but I just feel bad for some of the kids that it means more to, mm-hmm. um, and got hit a little harder from it because I, I, in reality, I just missed one year. Um, and like I said, that year was not my best time of competing. So I don't know how well it would have gone had I been wrestling, you know, maybe it's a blessing that I didn't have to do that. 
mm-hmm. um, looking back, but um, yeah, uh, I'm excited though. Like a dual state tournament with, with my team, um, that would be fun. And it's not like we're wrestling a bunch of chumps, you know, Faith right. Christian, I think is um, maybe the number one team in the country right now um, with no seniors. Um, so they're, they're an incredible team and um, Notre Dame really, really good. Um, so it's, it's going to be like top five teams in a double a PA state t- uh, tournament. So um, I'm excited. Um, that's what we look forward to. That's why we train so much, you know, yeah. and to do that with the guys that I get to do with, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So um, I was going to ask since you're, you're from Tennessee. Yeah. You call it state or States. Either one works. I, I mean, I, you're, you're bringing <laughs> okay. me into this. Like I have this full theory um, written out that you will bring a nerd out me, but both of them are grammatically correct. If spelled correctly. Um, state is a state is just normal. Like makes sense, right? States, it should be spelled state apostrophe S if you're doing it right. And it's a contraction for state championships. Um, just like they are is there. It's the yeah. same thing. Um, you say, you say worlds, you say nationals, all of it works with an apostrophe. So, I mean, either one works. I'm a little bit of a grammar Nazi. And so when people started arguing <laughs> over that, I was like, I just started to think about why we call it what we do. And like growing up, I called it state, but I would also call nationals, nationals and worlds, worlds. And I was like, okay, why do I do that? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it just, it made sense. But, um, everybody up here calls it states right? and everybody in Tennessee <laughs> calls it state. And so I just, I just roll with whatever people call it. And I think both work. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, uh, um, last thing I want to ask, you know, Bo won his cadet world title. Um, yeah. You know, how, how just cool was that for you, you know, being as close as you are to him? Um, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, any success that, that my teammates have is really special to me. Um, you know, like I said, they're like my brothers. And so, um, when they have success, it means a lot to me. And, you know, I also feel like I'm a part of it. Like something I'm right. doing is right because I, you know, I help them prepare for it. And I know they feel the same way when I, when I do well. Um, and it's just like a relief because I know how hard they work for it. And Bo, especially, man, um, there's not many people that put in more work than he does. And uh, so to see him get what he trains so hard for it, and it means so much to him. Um, it's a special thing. It, it definitely makes me happy. It's, it's hard. On the flip side, to see when when they don't reach it, like Jack's got world silver last year, and um, it affects him every day. Still, like there's probably not a day he hasn't thought about that. And um, you know, it, it losses that that we have as a team, um, it affects all of us. Like Jack's, Jack's is my example right now. Um, Bo got pinned in a cradle at Fargo last year. Jack's got headlocked in the world finals, and so those are things that affect us all as a team like our cradle defense and our headlock defense as a team is really good now because we don't want that to happen to us too you know mm-hmm. and um so it's cool we all are definitely not individualized um our styles all clashed really well like i picked up a really good slide by because of jacks and um you know my inside tie wrestling has gotten pretty good from Bo, and then like the things that we have to do to counter like i have a i have a um, pretty good duck under and it comes from bow wrestling from an inside tie. So I had to learn how to wrestle from an outside tie and I got pretty good at it. And Jax has done the same thing. And so like developing things off each other has been something that I think is one of the biggest benefits of a room like we have. Golly. So you, Bo and Jax in a group of three. 
Like, yeah. It goes a lot deeper in that with names you don't know too, like guys that are really good that people don't know. And then Mason Gibson um, is there. Oh yeah, the yeah. So it it's um it's great. Lincoln Sledzianowski is also he's starting to get bigger, and that dude is good. He is really good. Mm-hmm. Like there are times when he's wrestling well, I can't score on him, and I have fifteen pounds on him, twenty pounds on him. So, um, yeah, he's he's incredible, and he starts if he starts to get bigger and thrown into that group. Um, you'll start hearing his name everywhere. Dang, yeah. Um, what's, I'm just now imagining that practice room. It's just got to be just fun, but brutal. Oh yeah, like it's it's fun. Um, we've gotten yeah. past the brutal part. Like mm-hmm. when you first start grinding with guys, it's hard. But um, I'm used to it now. Like we wrestle live, and I know what to expect, and we're gonna go hard. And you know, it's not like those are guys that are really good and and win matches like four to two either like Bo and Jackson Mason have some of the highest paces in the history of high school wrestling. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's a lot, but like I said, I love it. I can say that a million times. Didn't Jax win a college open? Yeah, he did. He did. He's the highest ranked freshman pound for pound in high school rankings ever. Yeah. In the history of wrestling, in the history of rankings, there's never been a freshman like that high. Yeah. I think he was like fourth. First time I saw his name was when he beat Nate Jessaroga, because like I said, I'm from Iowa. And so yeah. watching Jessaroga wrestle, and all of a sudden this, this Jax Forrest kid beats him. Like, yeah. Okay, well, I guess they got someone else to pay attention to. Right. Yeah. You'll be hearing his name for a long time. He's not going anywhere. What, um, how do you deal with sort of the pressure? You know, do you feel pressure? I don't. Nope. I, I mean, I think if there's anybody um, to ask that one to, it'd be Bo. He, he gets a lot more um, yeah. than we do. And, you know, that kind of helps put it into perspective, too. Like, in comparison to him, I have no pressure, you know. Um, and so I really don't have to – I think of myself in terms of, like, the public eye as, like, a second-tier guy sometimes, like, as far as attention goes. And I'm not talking skill or success necessarily because I want to be on that same level that he is. But, like, Man, when he lost in Vegas this year, there's cameras everywhere. And people gather around his matches and people post about him. And he has to deal with all this stuff that people say. And I don't have to deal with that. You know, I lost the same amount of matches that he did. And uh, I didn't have to deal with any of that stuff. Um, And he's got brand deals and all this attention on him. And, um, you know, in comparison to that, I I have no pressure. Mm -hmm. And I'm just doing it because I love it. And, um, you know. I feel like um, it's not going to affect my recruiting that much. I feel like college coaches will look at me the same way. And so maybe that's something that kids would stress about, but um, you know, that's definitely not pressure. How do you be there as a friend like that? You know, that's got to yeah, be- it's, it's hard because nobody's ever felt it. Um, nobody's ever felt that, um, that he has. And so I, I do my best. We all do our best. We're all there for him. Um, we're there for each other. Um, you know, we talk about it. We talk about it as much as we can um, and try to get out in the open and also to let him know that like, we shouldn't be added pressure to that. Like my expectations for him are just for him to do his best and his are the same for me. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good support system and um, we're all pretty supportive of each other. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're, we're still like, we're all pretty close. And so, um, when we start committing to colleges, 
eventually. I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of us together wherever that ends up being, you know. I was wondering about that, you know, like you guys start going your separate ways if if that's what you guys choose to do that. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, it'll be tough, but um, we'll stay connected. Like David Taylor and Kyle Dake were best friends growing up. They're best friends now and they went to different yeah. colleges and competing against each other. Yes. So yeah. it won't, it won't get in the way um, and we'll still be close. And these are guys that I'll be close to for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sitting down and doing this with me, man. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. Going over your, your training and like your schedule and it's just crazy. And you're getting yeah, it's a lot. So, um, anytime I get with, with someone like this, I, I appreciate it. Um, absolutely. Anytime. So I'm, I'm just a 31 year old guy who wrestled. I wasn't, you know, I didn't make it to state or anything, but um, I love the sport. I followed it. I yeah, go to that's all that matters. That's that's like the biggest thing that we have we have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like, yeah, it's it's not. Um, people shouldn't look at anybody any different way. You know, um, one time, one time, somebody that I look up to a lot, he canceled dinner with Jordan Burroughs to go um, do something with me that night. And when he told me that, I was awestruck. And he he told me he said that night that he said people are people. And, um, I've had plenty of chances to be with Jordan and I've never gotten to be with you. And so I want to spend this night hanging out with you. And that just blew my mind. And so hopefully I can do the same in the future. And I look at people all individually and, um, you know, that's, that was a great lesson for me. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing was just how, how to support the sport and like, uh, for one Bishop McCourt, you know, how would people, or how would, how would somebody want to, if they could support Bishop, how would they do that? Whether it's apparel or. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything like um, out right now. Um, as far as that goes, um, the the best thing I can do is just to watch it, um, yeah. watch us um, because, you know, the, the attention is, is, um, is great, but um, I just want people to enjoy um, what I, what I work hard to, to be good at. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of, uh, of attention. And so not asking for much, you know, um, people, people support just to let us know too, that, that, um, they're in support of us. That's all great. Um, but there's not much I can ask for. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Sam Herring, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget, go check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest, the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time.